Welcome to Godable, a daily reading of holy texts known in the Unificationist community as Hundoke. Today we are reading from the Pyeonghwa Gyeong. Pyeonghwa Gyeong, Book 5 Absolute Values and a New World Order. 4. Harmony among the sciences and the search for absolute values. November 27, 1976. Hilton Hotel, Washington, D.C., USA. Fifth International Conference on the Unity of the Sciences. Honorable Chairman, distinguished scholars and scientists, I would like to extend my sincere welcome to all of you on this occasion of the Fifth International Conference on the Unity of the Sciences. I would especially like to welcome those of you who have participated in these conferences regularly. For the past several years, participants at these conferences have been discussing the subject of absolute values, and this year, you will deal with the specific theme of the search for absolute values. The Origin of Humankind and All Creation To discover absolute values, one needs to clarify the origin of the existence of human beings and the universe. Here, we run across the question of whether the universe originated from something in existence or from nothingness. As you well know, natural science, social science, philosophy and religion have not been searching for truth in the world of non-existence. Instead, they have been trying to locate a causal being in the world of existence and to discover the principles that have led to the existence and operation of the universe, including human beings, all proceeding from the origin itself. Ultimately, they have wanted to discover the reason for and value of any existing entity by clarifying its content or nature and by understanding the relationships between different existing entities. If we consider the smallest unit necessary to constitute matter with a chemical identity, we may call it an atom and describe it as something in existence. If so, it would be logical to say that the atom definitely originated from something in existence, not from nothingness. Modern science provides the view that the origin of the atom is a certain type of energy, which again must have had an origin. We can then draw the conclusion that this energy is also derived from some ultimate existence. If we consider the vast universe as an amplification of the infinitesimal atom, and therefore also a result derived from an ultimate cause, we can clearly come to the realization that a human being is a resultant being and not the causal existence. Then there also needs to be a causal existence for human beings. It is reasonable to set up a system of logic whereby all things were generated from an absolute causal existence and developed into more complex and higher beings. This system would need to refute the systems of scholars who insist that existence was generated from non-existence. Thus, we can say that a certain absolute being that has existed from the beginning is the cause of the universe, resulting in all things from the smallest to the largest, connecting them and causing them to interrelate organically and initiating a variety of actions. From this viewpoint, the established theory of evolution needs to be re-examined. In order for anything to progress to a higher level of being, some activity has to occur. And activity always requires energy. Can extra energy be created in the process of this activity? No, because during this activity, energy is being consumed. Therefore, it would be absolutely impossible for more energy to be generated, which could be used to give birth to a being on a higher level. If, theoretically, energy is consumed in the process of activity, then why have living things evolved? instead of deteriorating? And why has the general tendency of evolution been directed toward the development of things of greater value and higher dimension? 
This is the question. The development of the universe through interaction and counteraction. The theory of evolution seems logical, but the process of the stage-by-stage -stage progression of all living things can never be convincingly explained by the theory of random mutation. Without the addition of energy from outside the system, this progression toward beings of greater value and higher dimension is absolutely impossible. The evolution of animals has culminated in human beings, and we can say that human beings are the ultimate purpose of creation by the first causal being. Here again, we can establish the logic that the first causal being existed from the beginning. Next comes the question of which was first, existence or energy? No being maintains its existence or activities without energy. There is energy that operates within an individual being and energy that enables the interaction between different beings. The question now is how this energy is produced. It is impossible to produce energy without the prior existence of a complementary pair consisting of a subject partner and an object partner. That is to say, the relationship between a pair of subject and object partners is indispensable for energy to be produced. In the case of an atom, for example, both the proton, which is the subject partner, and the electron, which is the object partner, have to be present before they begin to interact. There can be no flow of energy until there is a purpose of uniting the pair of subject and object partners. Therefore, if the question is raised whether energy or the subject-object pair comes first, the answer is clearly the subject-object pair. Energy is the phenomenon resulting from the process of the two becoming one. According to the variety of relationships between subject and object partners, the energy generated differs in degree, intensity, direction, and objective. This results in the variety of beings in the universe. The reason why the particular actions of subject-object pairs have directions and objectives is that the first causal being includes a fundamental subject-object pair that acts with a certain direction and objective. Consider a being that has attained perfect unity between the subject and object partners within its individual self. For that being to form a relationship with another being, it needs to take either the subject partner or object partner position to and unite with that other being. Thereby, the two beings progress to produce a greater form of being with the direction and objective of higher dimension. When a being in the subject partner position wants to interact with a being in the object partner position, they have to share a common interest or purpose. Then, by interacting, they can produce the higher form of being. Tune in tomorrow for the end of this speech on harmony among the sciences and the search for absolute values. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Godable. Godable is brought to you by the National Victory Fund and support from listeners like you. To donate, visit godable.org. Thank you.